You are listening to Defunct Games Presents Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Previously on Cyril Reed's Metal Gear, Justin Haley is on a mission to break into Outer Heaven and rescue the Snake Men. What he doesn't know is that he's supposed to fail, acting as a distraction while the full team goes in and saves the day. Things do not go as planned. So far, Solid Snake has managed to infiltrate Outer Heaven, scare off a pack of wild dogs, survive a spiked death room, rescue the survivors, and locate the head of the kidnapped Snake Men. Not bad for a one-man suicide mission. But now he's been located, disarmed, and thrown into a cell. Will Snake be able to escape the scary confines? Will he locate the missing doctor? Find out now when we listen to another exciting episode of... Cyril Reed's Metal Gear. Chapter 10. The Shotgunner. The next room Solid Snake entered had nothing in it. It appeared to be just an empty space. But Justin Haley had a strange feeling about this place. Something was here. He was sure of it. He did a quick search, but he came up with nothing. Even so, all of his instincts told him that something of importance should be hidden here. He looked again, this time even more thoroughly, but once again he found nothing. Perhaps his snake man instincts were wrong this time. He was wasting precious minutes. By now the terrorists would have returned to get Solid Snake and Gray Fox. They would have found the missing, and they'd be searching every inch of outer heaven. Reluctantly, Haley turned to leave, to look elsewhere, but there it was! Something really small caught Solid Snake's sharp, trained eye. High up on the wall, close to the ceiling, a thin piece of plastic no bigger than a credit card. A brief touch told him that it was key card three. The young Marine captain retrieved it. He now had three out of the eight necessary cards. Why were these keys just lying around? Haley was sure that it was a sign of the maniac Katafi's arrogance building a fortress and then leaving the keys in plain sight. With keycard three in his pocket, Haley felt a sense of elation. He was on the way again. Locking the door behind him, he looked around to see where he should go next. One door on the far wall stood out. It was bigger than all the others, big enough to drive a vehicle through. Trucks and tanks, jeeps and other rolling stock were parked all over outer heaven, both indoors and out. Could this room be some kind of armory or supply depot? If it was, it must certainly be guarded. Solid Snake would have to be even more cautious than usual. He crept up silently to the door and applied keycard three to the lock. He heard a click. In the next room, which was a supply depot, a huge man, whom Haley recognized from his criminal file as the shotgunner, was keeping watch over a large cache of weapons including Solid Snake's own equipment. The terrorists had brought in the weapons to the central armory for storage after they'd captured Justin Haley. If there was ever one big monster, it was the shotgunner. He was armed to the teeth, ready to kill, and he loved his work. Creeping silently as a shadow, staying close to the wall to avoid detection, Solid Snake entered the armory. He saw the giant shape of the shotgunner looming in the center of the room, watchful, waiting for an intruder so he could let fly with a deadly rain of bullets. In the guard's large hands was the most powerful shotgun that Haley had ever seen, 
One blast from the gun could tear the gaping hole in the wall of a steel building. All around him, Haley saw piles of weapons, guns, and explosions of all kinds. But getting them into his hands would be a noisy business. Before Solid Snake could even shoulder a weapon, the shotgunner would have heard him and blown him to the moon. Wait a minute! There, almost under the nose of the shotgunner, was a pile of gear on the floor. Justin Haley recognized it. It was his own. The Beretta with its silencer, the Ingram Mac II, his bandolier, the gas mask, all of it, even his rations. Now, if he could only get to it. Using the oldest trick in the book, the ventriloquist's skill to throw his own voice in another direction, Solid Snake made a small sound come from the opposite side of the room. For a split second, the shotgunner turned his head, only just long enough for Haley to race past him and grab the weapons cache. Solid Snake hoped that his hands would first fall on the pistol, because the pistol had a silencer, but he didn't have time to pick or choose. And, as luck would have it, the first weapon into his hands was the Mac II. The shotgunner heard him and growled in his throat, a deep, animal sound, an enraged threat. He lifted his mighty shotgun and sighted down the barrel at Haley. There wasn't a second to spare. Solid Snake didn't even have time to reach for the trigger of his gun. Instead, he whirled and swung the Mac II like a baseball bat, letting the shotgunner have it on the side of his head. He heard the angry growl become a grunt, saw the shotgunner topple over from the force of the blow and the mighty gun fall from his big hands. Solid Snake knew that the noise of the struggle would have the terrorist guards down on him before he could blink an eye. He had to get out of there, and fast. But just as he was running for the back door, loaded down with his gear, he noticed some equipment among the supplies that might prove to be very useful. A suit of body armor, and a bomb blast suit. Grabbing them, Haley ran for his life. Out through the back door, he wasn't aware of it yet, but Haley was about to come face to face with a new hazard, the dreaded heat panels. Game Hint, watch out for the pitfalls between the wood crates. Chapter 11, The Heat Panels. Solid Snake looked around him, he was outside the second building of the Outer Heaven Complex, in the shadow of a high wall. His weapons were heavy, and he had to get inside to stash them somewhere safe. He'd never find Metal Gear dragging all his heavy equipment around with him. About 20 yards away, almost against the wall of the building, Solid Snake saw more trucks. Three of them. At once, Haley spotted that the middle one was a trap. Solid Snake Man was beginning to be an expert in the way the terrorists thought, and he avoided it. The first truck was empty, but the last truck on the end held a treasure. Sitting in the glove compartment was Keycard 4. Suddenly, Solid Snake wasn't tired anymore. He was wired, bursting with energy. Grabbing the keycard, he ran for the building and entered through the side door. The layout of Building 2 was not unlike the first building in Outer Heaven Complex. There were no stairs evident, just two elevators, east and west. No markings on any of the doors. In the corner of the vast first level, painted on the floor, was the same strange insignia. Minutes were ticking by quickly. Gray Fox had told Haley the Metal Gear was almost completed. Speed was essential. 
now more than ever. Solisnake realized he needed to find a place to stash the arsenal he was carrying. It would just slow him down. But where's a safe hiding place? He thought about it for a minute, and then it came to him. The best place to stash equipment is in a room already filled with equipment. A room locked by one of the four key cards Haley already had. If he could only find a place like that, unguarded, it would be a place he could come back to. Haley found an unlocked room filled with food and stuffed the pockets full of rations. He made certain that he had all four key cards on him and moved slowly to the locked door. Key card three didn't fit the lock, but key card four got the door open. Very cautiously, on the lookout for traps, he moved inside. It was exactly the setup Solid Snake had hoped for. Weapons and gear lined the shelves of the room. The equipment was out of date and appeared to be unguarded. It looked like stuff nobody would want or come to check on. Nobody would bother to notice Solid Snake's stash. He could retrieve it as needed. Haley began to unfasten his bandoliers, but before he could set down any of his gear, he heard noises approaching the door. He moved fast and low towards the back of the storeroom. Just as the front door opened and an armed squad of Colonel Katafi's men came in, Solid Snake saw a small back door to the side of him. He slipped through it before the terrorists could catch a glimpse of him. He was in a large place he'd never been before. Ahead of him stretched a large area made up of what appeared to be solar panels. But it couldn't be, because there was no sun in the windowless room to heat them. On the other side of the panel was another set of doors, each of them holding the possibility of escape. To reach the doors, Solid Snake would have to cross the panels. Behind him, he could hear the terrorists talking noisily in the storeroom. His only escape route was across the panels. He could feel the heat rise off of them while he was still four feet away. Three panels were arranged in a set. Two smaller panels on the outer edges, and a larger, more intense-looking panel in the center. On the other side of the area, there was a control panel with switches and dials. Obviously, the panels could be turned on or off. What were these panels? What function did they perform? At a quick guess, without examination, Solid Snake thought they were made out of silicon, a covering for fuel or energy cells intended to vent the heat created by an enormous energy source elsewhere. From Metal Gear? Here they were, just as Chuck had warned him. These couldn't be anything but the heat panels. It had been a true warning after all. Now the Snake Man's words came back to him. You can't get to the Metal Gear without crossing the heat panels. Burning! They burn! Eat the rations! You've got to raise your body temperature if you want to survive! Rations! Solid Snake must eat right now! He pulled the rations out of his pocket and peeled the wrapping off. Haley swallowed quickly, almost choking on the dry and densely compressed rations. With no liquid to wash them down, he ate as much as he could find in his pockets, then turned to the deadly heat panels. He couldn't afford another moment's delay. The only way to turn off the heat panels was to get onto the other side of the room. Solid Snake set across the silicon cells. The heat was fierce, burning, just like Chuck had said. As Haley crossed the deadly panels, 
the temperature began to rise even further. The heat became more intense and more intolerable the further he progressed. And he was still on one of the outer panels. But what happened when he got to that center panel? The one that could really burn the flesh off a man's bones. Solid Snake had eaten every scrap of the field rations he had with him, and he still had to face the center panel without more rations. Suddenly, though, he felt the rise of his own body temperature. The calories he'd eaten were taking effect. His body and internal organs were heating up to match the heat of the panels. He didn't understand why it worked, but Chuck's advice had saved his life. He was crossing the center panel now. Sweat was running down his head and body. His eyes ached from the heat haze and the glare. But Solid Snake was still alive. Thanks to Chuck's warning, the rations had their effect. He was in great pain, but he couldn't bother about that right now. Instead, Justin was elated because he felt like he was getting closer to Metal Gear. Justin Haley stumbled off the heat panel more dead than alive. The first thing he had to do was shut off the heat. Finding the control board for the heat panel, Solid Snake closed the system down. Across from him were three doors. He opened the door on the left with key card one and stepped through. To be continued. Game hint. You need the rocket launcher to defeat Arnold. And now, Metal Gear Substance, a look back at chapters 10 and 11. Hey look, Solid Snake finally has his weapons again. Unfortunately, just like the rest of the chapters, he still hasn't fired a shot. Not a single shot. I'm starting to think that we're going to go this entire book without him pulling the trigger even once. Even when he gets to Metal Gear, that is, if he gets to Metal Gear, He's still going to find some non-violent way to disarm the robot, or whatever it is. Just you wait. I can see it in Haley's future. Look, I know this book attempts to address the crazy assortment of weapons and items Snake has been picking up, but I'm just, I'm not buying it. It's bad enough that he has three guns, grenades, mines, gas masks, and who knows what else. But, but he picks up full-body armor suit and, and uh, the mind-disposing outfit. Those things are huge! I've seen the Hurt Locker. I wouldn't want to drag one of those around. Beyond the suit, I'm starting to notice that everything in this book is done to the convenience of the narrative. Solid Snake needs a key card to continue his adventure, so what happens? He accidentally finds a key card. And then the book tries to cover up the lazy writing by convincing us that it's Katafi's master plan? The hell you say? The first keycard was snagged off the body of a bad guy. That makes complete sense. The, the fourth card is picked up in the glove compartment of a truck. Alright, I guess that makes sense too. Finding this third card by, by luck is just terrible writing. And while we're at it, how does Solid Snake know the middle truck is a trap? He seems to, to think that he's getting good at thinking like a terrorist, yet he never once explains why the middle truck is rigged. Does he see something? Does he see a wire? None of the other vehicles have been like that. I mean, the, the rest of the book hasn't read that way. So why would he suspect it all of a sudden? Who knows? Maybe Katafi hit all eight of the key cards in that one truck. Did you ever think of that smart guy? 
All right, tune in next week to see if Solid Snake fires even a single bullet. Also, will we finally meet up with the good doctor? And whatever happened to that missing girl? What is Solid Snake doing when he needs to go to the bathroom? Some of these questions might be answered next week when we read another exciting chapter of Cyril Reed's Metal Gear.